It's the Video Entrepreneurs Podcast, the official podcast for Uscreen, the number one video platform for video monetization. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. I am here with KK Hart Bailey, and I'm excited to have her on the show. KK, welcome. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. KK, tell us a little bit about yourself. I have a unique background. I typically work as a certified business coach and consultant. I advise businesses of many backgrounds, uh, fitness, beauty, wellness, software and technology, and I help them to simply make more money and to grow and scale. Awesome. And KK, it's actually been a pleasure to work with you. You and I met through some mutual connections over three months ago, and we've actually started to work together more closely on various Uscreen projects. And it's really been a pleasure to kind of have you really offer your expertise within the space of health, wellness, software. You really are a a uh, well-knowledged individual consultant that brings a lot to the table. So I'm really excited to have you on this podcast today to offer your two cents. Oh, I'm thrilled because I honestly love what Uscreen's been doing, helping all these different businesses to really find a way to find their place in their communities and to grow and to learn. With today's topic, we were going to talk about how to future-proof your business with the video. So we want to dive into various different tactics and base ideas and that we can actually use to help many different verticals and businesses to bring their ideas to life or expand that. And one of the things that you and I were talking prior to this podcast was how a lot of the different businesses that succeed and do a really good job with launching streaming services or monetizing content or getting that content delivered to their audience they do a really good job of kind of running their businesses or building a following offline as well as online to really kind of engage that audience. And then they leverage services such as Uscreen to almost add to that additional uh, as an additional income stream. So let's, let's start from the top. What do you think are some key ways to, for growth, with a video for a lot of these different types of businesses and, and ways they can take advantage of that? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. You know, being a certified business coach means I really focus on the key performance indicators of the business. And regardless of the type of business or even the stage of uh, growth that the business is in, it really comes down to a couple of key areas, sales, marketing, how you price your services. And so I think to start, it's really important to realize that every business has a unique niche. Um, when I look at successful businesses and how they grow, it's finding that audience like you talked about, but also knowing how to nurture that audience for retention, another important KPI. So there's the sweet spot between finding the audience, you know, acquiring the audience that you desire. That's really a lot of sales and marketing uh, demand generation type tactics. And then as you acquire that client, there's a whole other transition into retention, conversion, and understanding what that client needs to be, honestly, a client for life. Okay, great. And then what are some uh, tips that you would offer to attract customers, market, create awareness to this new type of service or course or offer that they're willing to or trying to monetize? 
Well, here's the good news. If you're in the business of growing with video, video is a great place to start. I think what I see right now is that video is not used to the nth degree of capability. And so utilizing something to monetize your videos doesn't mean that every video has to be used the same way. So some of my best tips and tricks have to do with creating content that's like a pre-funnel to get people into your funnel. So utilizing social media, utilizing things like YouTube and other discovery services. So getting clients to get to know you, utilizing video so they can understand what this would look like for them to be a subscriber or a package buyer is extremely important. One simple way to do that is to start getting bite-sized content out, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook. It's just getting the bite-sized content out to a very specific target client. So typically in many industries, your, your client range can be very broad, but I think the clients that are most successful, you know, businesses that are really taking it to the next level, when you're going to start thinking about future-proofing your business, you have to be very specific about who are you trying to attract, where are they so you can find them where they are, and then how do you get them towards where you are? So it's a very interesting mix of, it's kind of like dating, right? You meet someone great, you find them, you nurture that relationship, you create something sticky and a long-term connection and community so that they are now a part of your offering, a part of your connection community. And they have the things that you already were looking for, you have what they needed to go to the next level. So some of the best ways to do that is to show people what they would be getting as a preview, as a sneak peek, um, as a one-time free trial so that they can actually get to know you, create a connection so that subscribing and becoming a client for life becomes more attainable. Okay, good. So I'm a business. I put out little bite-sized pieces of content on various yeah. mediums, which then my potential audience will watch, get to know me, co connect with me. And then how do I get them to come to my offer? What's a simple way to do that? Like a simple call to action. So that's depending on the brand of the business. Sometimes it can be very direct, right? Uh, I have a very personal brand that's very in your face, very like truth telling. And so it's real easy for me to be very direct. Many times I think um, business owners are very uncomfortable about the idea of being too slimy or salesy. And so I think you can nurture clients uh, one of a number of different ways. Here's a direct example. I'd love to share with you more about how I can help you to blank. In order to give you my best, I have this awesome group that I formed. I offer a new video every single week to help you to blank, whatever it is. With that, you also get access to me this amount of times and part of being uh, in my community means you have not just access to me but leverage for your business to grow leverage for your outcome to achieve so notice i took a very generic statement and i can place anything from fitness i want you to have bigger biceps i want you to have tighter core or something more e-learning based like i want you to learn how to be a better guitarist um, I can take that into any vertical if I have the, the structure, which is you have a pain point, I have something that helps you to relieve that, together we move forward to relieve and grow. Yeah, and basically building a funnel, enabling yeah. a top of the funnel to offer that value content and then collect their email as an example to then nurture them into your offer.
And we see that very often, a free giveaway funnel, which actually a simple beta tool that we launched. It's on the footer of the Uscreen website. It's called LeadZen, enables you to do that. And it's actually been very effective. Now, how do you engage an already existing client base or audience? Let's say uh, you were giving me a good example of a colleague or friend of yours which is a, um, in a rock band and he's a drummer. So how do you engage an already existing client base that you already have? I think part of where engagement can be really great as a next step, I, I would assume most people listening today have already engaged their clients maybe on social media or they're sending out emails. So I'm gonna give a next level um, approach and that is surveying, poll them. Get to know more than just the surface level of what your target client is doing, thinking about, taking action on. Um, one of the best ways to do so is to have a quarterly or an annual survey so that you're understanding where they're at, what their needs are, and then you can fit your programs to meet those needs, to exceed those expectations. So I think we've gotten kind of away from the concept of two-way communication. Um, I think with the advent of social media, with the advent of search, it's been more of a, we're gonna make an assumption as to who you are and what you need. And instead, I think some of the best examples for success that I've seen have come from generating a two-way communication, albeit virtual, right? Albeit in a chat room of some sort, or albeit in comments in their uh, videos. And so I do think there's something to be said for really understanding um, each side of the equation for your client base and your follower base to know who you are, where you struggle, where you're strong, and vice versa so that you can make sure that what you have, it really um, personifies what the client needs for the long term, not just for a fixed amount of time. You know, there's a phrase in marketing we use, it's the lifetime value of a client. And of course, that's important from a monetary perspective, but think about how important that could be for the long-term growth of your business. If you understand that your business is meeting an initial need for a client, but not yet meeting a long-term need, you've got a retention issue on your hands until you start building in those external and additional needs uh, into your database or whatever you offer. Okay, and what about taking that to the next level and really building a community around that? So uh, oftentimes in Uscreen, a lot of our customers actually with membership sites uh, want to build communities and do have communities within a Facebook group, for example, um, as one example. There's other ways they can do that too. Tell me more about building a community around your digital online offer. I think people thrive on community. You know, as we've become more technologically savvy as a community, as a culture, um, we're still lonelier than ever before. We're still looking for that direction and that camaraderie that only community can can build. Um, I think what's important to realize is that community takes quite a bit of investment, um, both not just monetary, but just your time, um, your willingness to take feedback. I can think of some Uscreen clients that have done it really well, and you've watched how their client base grows with them. Um, it's much like being in a relationship as well, right? So as you grow, you grow together. You understand each other's needs. You provide solutions. You really do have this collegial way of building community, and yet it's the only way to survive the future is to have your community grow with you instead of grow away from you. So I think it's extremely important. I think we have the tools now more than ever before to nurture a community. I think sometimes we use it for 
Honestly, we don't use it for strategic purposes. And so what ends up happening is you build these surface level relationships with people. You know what they like to do for fun. You know what their dog's name is, but you haven't yet gotten to their pain points that relate to the outcomes that you can actually affect as a business. And that's just as important as getting to know some of the personal. One thing that uh, we, you and I have talked about before, which is really true, actually. It was one, a really good point you made about client outcomes. I often think that's almost forgotten in so many different types of businesses and verticals. Tell me about client outcomes and why that's so important to keep in mind as you're building your business or expanding it. Oh, it's so old school to say, right? But many businesses, I would even assert most businesses, are built on a need. It's built on someone's need being uh, either a fixed outcome that we can provide or an ongoing outcome that we can provide. And now think about, you know, some of the businesses that we know in verticals that we have today, it's really become more of a copycat hype type industry. And I think it's essential to go back to outcomes and go back to what really business was meant to do, which is alleviate pain points, which is to help people which is to take people from one stage of life to another. And you can see how vertical agnostic, this is a really important aspect of, I think, the future of business. We've gotten away a little bit from um, the importance of helping people to achieve something. And we've focused on innovation, not that innovation is a bad thing. We've focused on utility, not that utility is a bad thing. But I think there are times where as a business, as a business owner myself, I can say, I sit down and I have to ask myself, am I reaching the needs of my clients? I may be meeting my revenue goals. I may be doing innovative things and exciting things that the business has never done before. But for instance, in the fitness industry, are we actually measuring and caring about the outcomes for the clients? I think it's an easy example that anyone can relate to, whether you're a business owner or just an enthusiast. There was a time where fitness was all about what you looked like and how you change and how you morph. And we've gotten a bit away from that to the detriment of us for retention as business owners and for clients for the actual outcomes that they need to be successful. You know, that's a really good point as far as client outcomes. I think it's easy to forget, you know, yeah. I really think with everything that happens in business and as busy as everybody gets and as hard as you work to acquire customers, especially initially, I think the client outcome story kind of changes because mm -hmm. you're, as a business owner, you're, you're almost, I don't know if selfish is the right word, but you're selfish to acquire customers. So that outcome starts to morph itself to possibly something that it was initially different for. For example, or a very easy example that everybody can connect to, a wellness studio, health studio, gym, whatever that may be, it's very easy. Why do people come to the gym? To lose weight or to get in shape. That's the client outcome. So we start to forget that that's the initial outcome and we focus on specific things that might not be the number one point for the user. And it's the same thing for you know our business here at Uscreen. We want to remember what the client outcome is. What are they trying to do? Why are they coming to use Uscreen? What's the benefit that they're gaining? What's the reason they chose us? I think that's really important in continuing to survey the customers to be able to kind of understand that and not lose focus. So you inspired me to go back and rethink that as well, which our marketing team luckily has a real good threshold on that and they're constantly on it. But I'd like to rethink that as well and just kind of make sure we're on 
track with that. Tell me, KK, about pricing. Very often, the customers that come to us or are seeking our services or our current customers, I have to constantly tell them to increase their price. Very yes. <laughs> few are already too expensive. I'm like, hey, that's very expensive. But they really have to increase their price. What Two things. One is, how should they think about pricing? And second question is, um, what's, what is the reason do you, you think that they're pricing it so low? Maybe because it's digital and they think it doesn't have much value, but although creating good content with video is very initially time-consuming, and obviously good production is expensive and the time-consuming aspect of creating good content, the material is, is also expensive. So question number one, just to kind of dive in there, I think the reason why this pricing conundrum is so challenging is because it is not one size fits all. It is really a very strategic, um, honestly, it's a strategic avenue for the business that will stay with them for months and years to come. So I think what happens is like, how do we get here? I think was your, your first question. And I think a big part of that is the desire to have the easiest solution is usually not the case when it comes to pricing. Pricing is a mix of supply and demand along with building in what you need to grow. So typically we have very similar conversations, PJ, because I will often meet with clients that are underpricing their services because they have not yet thought through the second part of what it takes to be successful. So it's one thing to have an audience that you already know will be interested in your service, for, in for instance, but it's a whole other thing to know that the need to grow that audience, to provide high quality content to that audience is going to be a lot more than just filming a couple of videos real quick, you know, loading it into the back end of you screen and then allowing people to come in, opening the floodgates. We know that there's a um, specific algorithm to success for, with regards to how you invest in your community, how you invest in what you do whether it's downloadables, videos, community groups. I think there's just so much more to a business online than just the content that they produce. And I think that's what makes this pricing answer so challenging for so many people is that it's not something you can just kind of copy and paste from another business. It really takes thinking through how often am I going to release content? How will I produce the content? Am I going to pay for professional editing? Am I going to upgrade to a 4K or an 8K camera? Am I going to have the tools I need to professionalize this at the level where I can actually monetize it? So I think there's this hobbyist mindset that tends to come in the beginning because like you and I have said, there's something about bringing your business online and using video that seems like you'd be giving up value until someone realizes that there's so much more value that can be given, whether it's to give clients better outcomes, whether it's to connect with people all over the world or all over the state or nation, wherever you are, a lot more um, effectively and efficiently. So I think the reason why pricing is so challenging is because it isn't one size fits all. It's because it does take really deep level strategy that looks at every key performance indicator of the business. It's not just sales and marketing. It's not just operational. It's not just revenue and expenses. It really is every aspect of the business. Typically, when a client comes online for the first time with an offering, I almost redo their entire business plan. And I recommend that they treat it like a whole new business. 
And the reason I think that's so important is so that they're not leaving money on the table. So that pricing is not just an afterthought, but it's a key factor of their growth. Now, to switch to the other part of your question, you know, why do content creators of all kinds underprice their services? Well, I'm going to take this back to a little economics 101, and that's supply and demand. I think there's a tremendous fear, um, regardless of vertical, that there's so much supply out there that they have to be cheap or low cost in order to be um, effective. And actually, I think the opposite is true. I think that you have to have something that's so unique these days, so niche, so driven and rooted in your target client's needs that you will not just generate demand, but you will have what they need at the right price point so your clients can grow with you instead of loving what you do and then wondering what happened when you stop producing content. So I think the fear of supply and demand, the commoditization of a lot of industries has made a lot of content creators say, if I can give it all away for free and two people give me money, I'll be happy. Or if I can make it so cheap that people won't even think twice to sign on, then I can just make this extremely passive. So I'm kind of using a, a buzzword that a lot of business and entrepreneurs love to talk about, passive income. But you and I both know, PJ, this is not a passive income industry. It can be once you get to a certain level, it can be a really great place to scale and grow and a secondary business aspect, but it is not one of those set it and forget it um, business ventures where you can just film like 12 videos and you know, put it out there and hope that everyone just signs up again and again for it. I think where we see the most success, speaking for my experience and for what I know of you screen so well, is that subscription video on demand yearns for more content, fresh content, premium content on a regular basis. And so pricing yourself low, if, if you're out there and you're thinking about this and you're, you're reevaluating your pricing, which by the way, I think you should do every at least six months um, so that you can understand where you are in your market. I want you to think about three things. I want you to think about how you offer your current content. Is it at the level of luxury and premium or is it at the level of budget? Um, and you can decide whichever is best for you. It's just going to go into understanding your pricing. Secondly, I want you to think about your market, your larger, broader market. Are you so niche that there's no one else doing what you're doing and therefore you can command a price point that is reflective of your expertise? Or are you trying to be one of those me too companies where there's not a bad aspect to that if that's where you're passionate, but it does now reflect on your pricing. And then thirdly, this is where I get kind of coachy, <laughs> and I say I want you to think about the future, and I want you to think about what your business is going to need to grow. Um, and that's in every way related to your marketing, but also I want you to think about technology that you're going to need, things to upgrade, um, team that you're going to need to bring on board. And if you can price that into your offering, you can really strategically grow with your clients in a way that's not just monetarily successful, but I think you'll love the business you're building every single month, every single year. And honestly, that's the most future-proof thing there is. Yeah, that's very true. And great advice on pricing, KK. That was very insightful. Um, and I see a lot of opportunity within the space. I think you're right. Supply and demand is absolutely a factor in the way economics work. But I see a lot of opportunity. I see the industry has significantly expanded with everyone sitting at home and being able to 
adopt and understand that they can pay for content. They will watch content at home. They can use Zoom. They can use other video services. So there's no doubt the industry has significantly expanded and it's proved more than ever that people are willing to pay for content. So um, you definitely need to have that value in knowing what others are providing, supply and demand, and not price yourself too short. Um, definitely our best customers are charging a good fee for their um, content. And when I say best, I mean the ones that are generating the most or significant revenue. Not that that obviously has anything to do with um, in, it's a personal opinion based on, you know, what they see as success. But revenue wise, if I were someone were to ask me who's making the most amount of money, it's not so much the number of subscribers. A lot of it has to do with how much they charge. We see clients within all verticals that have a few hundred subscribers or a few thousand and they make significantly more when they charge more. So I think it's also a revenue aspect, but also a value aspect. Um, and then last but not least, KK, this has been great talking to you. What tips do you have for anyone looking to future-proof their business uh, getting into video? What would you tell them as far as basically doing it? What, what would your advice be for them to really get out there and actually do this? So I'm very outcomes oriented myself. So I'm going to give you a couple of things that I want you to think about. If you're out there thinking about scaling your business or maybe starting a business using video, here's the reason for future proofing. Many of us that own brick and mortar businesses know about paying for liability insurance, fire insurance, hazard insurance. And really, I think about the video monetization industry very much so like insurance for your business, regardless of what happens in a face-to-face -face brick and mortar environment that's constantly evolving. I think going online, launching a virtual service will really help you, not just for the now and the short term, but honestly to build a business that in 10 years, in 20 years, is something that you can grow into and evolve with. So that's my first plea is mindset. I want you to think about not the dilution of what you have to offer, but honestly, the expansion of what you have to offer, because that's what really future-proofing your business with video looks like. Secondly, I'm going to plea that you consider investing. It seems like when PJ and I talk about value, I can imagine a lot of minds going specifically to cost and price. And that's actually not all of the equation to providing value. Something that statistically has been proven, and actually the Uscreen team actually taught me this, is about curation. Many times, if you think about um, the Netflix and the Hulus and some of the, the big uh, subscription content um, mecca companies out there that we know of, it's not that there weren't videos and TV shows that we could have pieced together ourselves and found a way to see it online. What they provided was curation. And it's something that we as content creators looking to go online or expand online, it's part of that value that you don't even realize your clients will pay for. They will level up for because it is more difficult than ever before, even with all the technology and resources at our fingertips, to find something that actually gives us outcomes that we need and that have a systematic way of doing so. So that I'm not piecing together you know, seven different pieces of content 
and then figuring out which one is step one and which one is step eight. But actually that value that you can provide, honestly, as a content creator many times, is curating something really special. Um, I call it being uniquely excellent at something and helping your clients and guiding them through that as well. So investing in that, knowing that that goes very deep into your core values, into vision and mission, which sounds like soft skills, but now I'm gonna pivot that to the tangibles of your business, you know? What tech are you going to need to be successful? Are you going to need a platform? Are you going to need a certain type of video? Are you going to need sound quality? And I think investing in that early enough on so that you have a really accurate picture of your success and pricing that accordingly, it's really a beautiful harmony of starting a business the right way. So when I think about the future, I would be remiss if I didn't say, and this sounds really bullish, the future of most industries is digital. It's not brick and mortar. It's not having this like place for people to meet you. But more and more as our culture evolves, no matter where you are in the world, I think the key to connection is gonna be leveraging the tools we have which is entirely related to technology. It's entirely related to going deeper because now we can. Um, I may date myself, but I'll give you guys uh, one last example. You know, 15 years ago, I was still a business coach and still a fitness coach, believe it or not. And I remembered 15 years ago when people walked out of the door of a class that I taught. You know, I taught everything from step aerobics to kickboxing and Muay Thai. And when people left those four walls of whatever building I was teaching in, I lost my ability to connect with them. I lost my ability to help them get to their outcomes. That's 15, 20 years ago. Now fast forward. We're in an age where I can follow them outside of the, of the gym, right? I can follow them outside of the physical space in which we've met. And I can actually help them to be accountable. I can help them to be consistent. I can help them to reach their goals at such a deeper level, all thanks to technology, social media, emails, launching platforms like Uscreen where you have the ability to provide them content and monetize it so it's great content. So I look at the yesterday and I look at the now and I'm staring at the future. And PJ, I can't see a future where honestly, technology, video, connection, those things will not go away. And our clients are going to look to us to be the ones launching the solutions that they need to be successful. So if you're considering this wild ride and journey <laughs> of expanding your business using video, you know, I'm a huge advocate of it because I really believe just like that hazard insurance that you pay for, just for like that liability insurance that you, you know, put a little bit down for every single year. I think this is an important part of the next step of most verticals. And if we get ahead of it as first movers, then we have some say on how this goes. We have some leverage as to how we can be even more successful than people who will do this in five or 10 years when it's already you know, very popular. So I encourage you to invest. I encourage you to think differently and encourage you to think very strategically about what you want out of your next step so that you can connect that to what you're currently building. Very good point, KK. You touched on a few things that honestly touched me as well. And it I have direct exposure to a lot of what you're saying, considering my role as and as well as the business that we're running here at Uscreen. And I couldn't agree with you more. The world has changed, right? And it's it's a very unfortunate situation, but the world has changed, which also creates opportunity. 
So as a business, I think almost every business has to adopt digital in some form or fashion. If they already haven't, most of the viewers are probably, or listeners are listening, have already some type of digital, social media, whatever that may be. But they got to take that, I believe, we have to take it to the next level where to creating video, I think, is a really good thing. Creating any type of content, whether it's blog content, um, it could be anything that's digital online is evergreen. That's the other thing to also think about. When you pump out videos, whether they're short form, a vlog, educational content, that on YouTube becomes evergreen over time and it's the same thing with blog content, right? When you're writing that content, it eventually ranks, it will stay online, and it will funnel in traffic over time. So that's definitely something to think about because many industries have changed for the, for the next foreseeable future, whether it's six months, a year, a few years. For example, we're 95% a remote team, right? Right now it's July 8th of 2020. We're about 53, 54 people and three, four of us are in DC by chance. Everyone else is remote. And our small local office here is in WeWork. And I was telling you today prior to the podcast that uh, I think we're, we're in one of the bigger WeWorks. It's WeWork in DuPont. There's about 3,000 individuals here that we've been in this office, in this floor, the 10th floor for over four, uh, three years now, two and a half, three years. It's always hustle and bustle crowded. There's less than 2% of that population wow. in the WeWork now. And it's been like this. And we're in you know phase two, phase three opening now of COVID, but it's just people are not showing up. They're scared to come to work. So everyone is working from home. They've adopted that. They've used Zoom. They use their time trackers. They've used their Trellos. They've used their Notion and these different tools to work from home. And they're able to do that. The first few weeks, I know personally friends that run businesses had a lot of struggles because they were in office, now they're remote, but they've gotten used to it and they're adopting it. So I think the world has significantly changed travel, tourism for the next three, six months, a year. A lot of these industries have changed and that's where I think absolutely digital adoption will be bigger than ever. And I think the awareness and the adoption from an end user standpoint has always has as well significantly increased. So there's more people watching your videos, more people buying your videos. So I absolutely think going the video route, the digital route of creating more content is the next thing. And it's been the thing, but now it just hit where it expanded significantly and everyone needs to adopt some type of digital. So that's a very good advice for us, KK. It's been a very big pleasure to have you on today. You offered us some really good advice. I really appreciate that. Will you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure. You can learn more about me at kkheart.com or find me on Instagram at kkfitcoach. Thank you very much, KK. It's been an absolute pleasure and we'll enjoy speaking with you again, hopefully in the near future. Thank you again. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. At Uscreen, we take care of the whole lot video hosting, streaming, monetization, analytics, and anything else you need to succeed. That includes getting your own app for devices such as iOS, Apple TV, Roku, and much more. Uscreen gives you all the ingredients you need to create and scale an amazing streaming service. 